Man, Niggy. But uh, <laughs> the coach of the Chicago Bears. <laughs> he, he's got a new player called Khalil Mack. <laughs> He's a linebacker. What's <laughs> 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 oh, this shit? <laughs> Trevor, take over. <laughs> I'm not breathing properly. <laughs> talk, Trevor. Just no, talk. no, I'm letting this run. <laughs> you have to talk. You <laughs> may have an inhaler and I don't even ask <laughs> <laughs> I got asthma. I don't feel bad for you when you just keep making jokes and laughing. Stop myself. <laughs> Call Scott Peterson. Back. Oh boy. Sorry about that. Um, okay. So. And we back. And we back. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I'm John Ledyard from PewterReport.com, here with the wonderful Casey Hudson, also of PewterReport.com. And we are just here to satisfy your curiosity, to give you all the answers you have been searching for. As you are looking for answers and information about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we're here to give it to you, and we're excited for a Q&A show, Casey. It's been a long time. Since oh, we've yeah. done a Q&A, back in the summer, I think, was the last time we did a Q&A show. But with this buy, we've kind of got one extra day where we don't have any any content that we're necessarily looking to get to. So, yeah, we're going to answer people's <laughs> questions about the box. I'm excited for it. Unless people want to hear us talk about the same things that we've been redundant about the past couple of weeks, you know, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> which player is going to take off, who's going to have a big game. Who's which not- box wide receiver <laughs> do you think is the best, Casey? <laughs> we'll probably get asked that. that question? Please ask. We already know you think it's Scotty Miller, so <laughs> we don't. We don't even. Even on injury either. reserve, he still tops them all. So. That's right. Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> but we will answer any of your questions. So if you're in the chat and you are uh, you're looking to get things started with some questions, go ahead and jump in and ask us your questions. We're gonna do our intro stuff. We're gonna talk a little bit about uh, the injuries and what we see with some of these players. Then once we get some questions built up, uh, we'll get rolling through the questions as well. But. Uh, obviously, uh, today's podcast, as all of our podcasts are, is brought are brought to you by our friends over at Celsius. Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. I've got the peach vibe rocking today. The sparkling white peach edition accelerates metabolism, burns body fat. There's no sugar in these things. They taste unbelievable. They come in a ton of different flavors. And the energy, there's no crash afterward for you. So it's incredible how sustainable it is (laughs) and how good it tastes too. Uh, If you're looking to, if you're saying, hey, I need that boost. I need that pick me up. I need that that doesn't crash and gets me through my workday and all of that stuff. Hey, make sure you check it out because Celsius has a bunch of different flavors. Figure out which one you like. Go to Celsius.com. You can use the store locator. You can find out where they are near you at at stores near you. Or you can go to those banner ads over at PeterReport.com. Click one of those babies. Buy yourself some Celsius. Amazon, use the subscribe and save method. Get yourself a nice little percentage off. Get those babies coming to you on a regular basis. You can definitely do that. Celsius energy drinks really, really great for you. And of course, I must mention the fast protein bars because they are excellent. The white chocolate cookies and cream and the parrot caramel peanut crunch. Both are awesome. I love both of them. And uh, they actually uh, are becoming a regular part of my eating. I think I already need to order 
another box or two, and we're going through them at a ridiculous rate. But they kind of replace sweets, and they're good for you. The grams of protein that they give you, 20 grams of protein and a gram of, of uh, sugar. And it's unbelievable um, what these bars have in them in terms of just being – incredibly healthy but also incredibly tasty that's a rare combination so make sure you check out the fast protein bars by clicking the link in the youtube description below and you can get your hands on some of these as well they're really great stuff i just started all right casey my workout did you try them are you are yeah you i actually eat half before i instruct and then the other half after and then i have a protein oh that's too. good yeah yeah oh, i didn't try oh, them until geez. a couple weeks ago that's like a full <laughs> diet of protein <laughs> Yeah, I have to consume bars. a lot of protein. I probably spend twice a day, almost a couple of times a week, and then six times total in a week. So I'm like yeah. protein, protein, protein. That's good. Yeah. That's hey, doesn't hurt. My wife's on that same kick right now. She's all about it. So See, uh, okay, look, they do. That's it's true. <laughs> She's yelling at me like that's not good enough protein. It too much fat <laughs> in that protein. Get this better protein here. All right. Yes. All right. It's important stuff. All right, Michael Henderson is kicking us off. We will get to the injuries in a second here, but a good question here. So much is made of individual players, but it seems to me the guys we have now might be playing better as a unit together. Do you think they are improving as a unit, and do you think it will be enough? Michael, are you talking about the secondary? I'm assuming you were, but then I realized when I pulled up the question, you didn't actually write the word secondary, so I'm not totally <laughs> sure. So let me know if you're talking about the secondary. Uh, and I will answer that question for you because I do think it's a good question if you are talking about the secondary. Yeah, Casey, injuries. Oof. What's going on? Who plays? Who doesn't? We'll get to some of what we know a little bit, but what what are your initial thoughts as you survey the injury landscape for the Bucks? Didn't practice. Well, we don't have the official injury report yet. I should say right. we're going off of what what our JC's observations were from the <laughs> first thirty minutes of practice. Was basically stretch time, so we'll see what ends up happening, but. Didn't I know, look good and the stretch time is so deceiving. But based off of a uh, Detective JC, it looks – I don't know. Today kind of like I had wind in my sails at the top of the week, and then today it was just kind of like still with the idea. Like we're at Thursday. There are certain players playing with no pads on, just kind of warming up even though they're running around and mm -hmm. stuff. Usually that Thursday practice is a big determiner if somebody yeah. can you know, put on pads, bear the weight depending on what the injury is. So – um, I was very hopeful to see a Rob Gronkowski as well as Antoine Winfield Jr. return this mm -hmm. Sunday. The only thing is realistically, is it worth it? Like yep. they could get one more week to heal up or, you know, benefit those areas right. that much more concussion wise and rib wise mm -hmm. and lung wise, or, you know, they kind of come back and try for the bears, which, mm -hmm. you know, we'll kind of touch base on. And then mm -hmm. noticing that JPP hasn't been practicing um, I already said it, I think on one of the previous podcasts, I thought that they, he rushed back for no reason. Um, mm, not that yeah. he hasn't been impactful, but realistically they could have put more weight on Joe try on shoulders and kind of, you know, left JPP out of the lineup those cup those past couple of weeks. So to see him not practicing and listed, um, as not, or I don't know if it's been not participating, but not being as active as he should be in hopes for somebody who's going to play on a Sunday, that's kind of, scary um so right. yeah it just kind of looks like the people that we thought we might get back may not be forced back this week even though it wouldn't be a big deal yeah i think the bucks expected winfield to be fully out of protocol i see some questions about winfield mm -hmm. we don't know because we didn't get bruce arians today yesterday i think he was close he was out there today with shoulder pads or helmet at least i don't think they wore shoulder pads today helmet and he was catching punts again just like the day before so it doesn't appear that he took a step back this week which is a good yeah. sign so hopefully today's the final 
step in the process of getting him cleared to return. And if so, I would expect Winfield to be back this week. Yeah. I don't know about Rob Gronkowski yet. The fact that he has not practiced, was not seen at the beginning of today's practice, participating in practice anyway. He was running on the side. Mm -hmm. um, that's a good sign. You know, it, it feels like he might still be a week away, which would be four missed games for Rob Gronkowski. Luckily, OJ Howard did seem like he was going to participate in practice today. He was out of practice yesterday with an injury. Um, so we'll see what happens with OJ, but the Bucks definitely need him if Gronkowski's yeah. not going to be able to play. And then Antonio Brown's probably the biggest question mark on offense, Casey, because he didn't participate or he wasn't out there at least at the beginning of today's practice. So we'll see when the injury report comes out if there was any participation from him. But he apparently sprained his ankle against the Eagles. He came back into that game after whatever happened, finished, uh, obviously played great. And then I'm not sure if it got worse. And sometimes that happens with sprains. And the other like, interesting part of it is that I was just going to say this, that uh, he with, with Antonio Brown is, well, obviously if he can't go, everybody's been talking up Tyler Johnson this week, but he could have a ripple effect on the tight ends too. So if he or and OJ Howard couldn't go for whatever reason, it would, obviously put them in a tough spot if Gronk were still out too. All of a sudden it feels like they're dropping like flies on offense too. Just uh, before you know it, and I don't even want to say like the whole team, but it's just like the defense infected the offense. Now I had a feeling something was going to be up with Antonio Brown because no joke at one point, maybe even before the significant, the, the catch, I think it was, I wish I would have written it down, but his ankles just did not look like they were underneath him. His hips were not squared off. He was his falling down a lot. Completely were sideways, and he was like still running. I remember texting my friend Amy and being like, "This guy's, but he has no ankles. He has no feet right now, and he's running past these people." I was really concerned. So to find out that, yeah, it turns out there's an ankle sprain. It's like nobody should be running on their shins mm -hmm. the way that he was versus the, huh. the Bears in some of those plays. Um, so, yeah, it'll be nerve-wracking if he's not in, but they've already kind of figured out how to, you know, work around Antonio Brown being out of yep. the lineup. I right. really kind of see this being handled like they handled the Falcons, not saying score-wise, but just saying, you know, some of the players that they had missing with that, it kind of opened up Mike Evans a lot, gave him an opportunity to not get in, you know, not only get in the end zone twice, but also, you know, really be one of, Brady's top guys to go to. And then we're talking about this run game that started to come up to par over the past couple of weeks. And then we're talking about the bears at the end of the day, not completely counting them out. They have very talented players, but I think there's more talent on the buck side of the ball to kind of manipulate the game in their favor, if you will. Right. right. But, uh, I agree. Yeah. It's it, there's more to fall back on still with the Bucks than there are with the, with the bears, obviously they right. were loose people. And we'll get to the bears in a second too. They had a lengthy injury report yesterday. They came out after the podcast. So we want to make sure we update y'all on that and see what their situation is. Hopefully that injury report comes out during uh, this show. That would be awesome. If we get some live injury report action going on the show, I know. <laughs> the other thing I'd say about Antonio Brown is Mike Garofalo of NFL network came on today and he said, he didn't think it was anything serious with Antonio Brown from what he could gather. And he did seem to indicate that it wasn't great that Gronkowski wasn't practicing today and he might mm -hmm. miss this week. And so we'll see with Gronkowski. I'm kind of with you, Casey. Rushing anybody back to me, like if you can't handle the Bears without some of these people – you know, then, then you're in trouble. You, know, <laughs> you guys have a lot of a lot of extra conditioning to do at practice or something. Because <laughs> yeah. the other way I look at the Antonio Brown situation is, you know, why I would hope that they would evaluate it for everyone's benefit, everyone being the team and the mm -hmm. long term goal for this season is because if guy got off the field 
realized that his ankles weren't feeling well or ankle um, comes back, continues to play. I mean, I'm telling you the play that I saw where I'm pretty sure like it, his ankles just looked rough was mm. he had a whole nother quarter that he continued to play after that. So oh, to be it. able to do that, <laughs> he can power through it if he wants to, but is it sure. worth, you know, screwing with the tendon and, and not focusing on the long-term goal for the bears. Right. Yeah. You're right. And, and beyond that saints and yeah. Yeah. Grog. Yeah. And then this is the most time he's missed since what his he's been back. Well, definitely since, since he's been back. Yeah. Since that uh, injury riddled final season with the Patriots. Right. I think Yeah, where he missed the final, what do you miss? 11 games, 10 games. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're right. That's been a while since he's missed a big chunk of time. Like, did he miss? I don't think he missed a game last, last year, did he? Am I? I don't think so. I don't think he did. No. So he's been yeah. pretty healthy and been out there. Like, yeah, this is a weird injury too. Not like some of the, you know, this is one that should heal, but it's mm -hmm. just about, I mean, come on. If Robert Quinn's not playing for the Bears and he's on the COVID list right now, for those who haven't heard, um, if he's not playing for the Bears, okay, well, you've got Khalil Mack to worry about as a pass rush group. All of a sudden, things got. Much simpler, at least. The Bears are yes. still a good pass rush group, but things got much simpler. That is honestly where Gronkowski's loss has felt the most to me, Casey, is if yeah. he doesn't play in this game, O.J. Howard is a poor pass blocker. I mean, poor <laughs> is putting it kind of – he just is not good. And most tight ends are not yeah. good. Gronkowski is probably the best pass blocking tight end in the NFL. And so – Well, because tight ends changed in the past three years. Right. <laughs> they went from being these, you know, stand-up, real pro-style – tight ends that put their hand in the dirt and then these hybrids tight ends come out you know tight ends went from being Big six wild. five six six to six two the first six two tight end i saw i was like what is this who is this guy and they're like oh he's gonna go number one in the draft or round one in the draft and i'm like for what team and they're like but yeah. he runs a four three and he's six two and i'm like that's a wide receiver i know <laughs> when did we change the game so much right. so yeah, it is rare to have a Rob Gronkowski because the yeah. tight end position has changed so much. And he's so, you know, I, it's weird to say old school because it's not like. Yeah, because he can still get vertical and yeah. know, down the field. But yeah, <laughs> like nothing against is. him. But yeah, he's almost like an old school tight end. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's true. He's he's his ability to kind of cross over both trajectories at the position has been really fascinating to watch but i think that hurts them because with a lot of the protection schemes they mm -hmm. love to kind of leave that tight end isolated and count on brady to get it out quick and gronk to do just enough even against top pass rushers that's yeah. something that gronkowski's done really well so not having that or having to turn to josh wells for some of the those reps impacts things for sure you do not want to leave oj howard for an instant Khalil Mack because even if Brady gets the pass off he's gonna get hit it's a guarantee you don't the, want him getting hit that's right not by Khalil <laughs> Mack it's a guarantee that Mack will beat OJ Howard it's not a it's not a bad it's not it's a guarantee uh and so you don't want to put your quarterback through that in my opinion so no that it's changes things that quarterback that these guys just love to get that extra little like nudge on you know I mean no. we saw we saw him getting picked on a little bit by like against the Eagles but still like when guys hit Tom Brady, they're trying to make it count as if, you know, they just hit the the best quarterback in the league. It's mm -hmm. going to give them up their percentage on PFF or something. Right. Like, <laughs> this is this is a video game for them when they get a hit on Tom Brady. It's true. Yeah, it means a lot to them. Uh, Michael says so much is made of individual players, and he is talking about the secondary here, by the way. Okay. He did clarify. So does he think that they're playing better as a unit together uh, in, right now, even when they individual the best players or the better players on the team are not playing 
do we, does he think that's because of improvement as a unit? Uh, and do I think that'll be enough? My personal opinion, Casey, is that I just think they're playing worse offenses. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it. Uh, in the secondary. I mean, I will also say this. I was the guy early in the season that said there's going to be regression to the mean. They've played some of the best offenses in the league. They've had a ton of injuries in games. Uh, mm-hmm. They had one in-game against the Cowboys and one in-game early against the Rams and then one in-game against the Patriots. Like yep. early in the game, all of those injuries. So it's hard to overcome losing three your top three corners in three different games at the beginning of a game and then just ask other guys to step in. Still, I said, I don't think that the coverage has been as big of an issue. They're not losing man-to-man coverage down the field. The propensity numbers would make you think they are. They are, again, one of the shallowest targeted teams in the league. Teams are not going down the field against them. They're throwing the mm-hmm. ball at incredible volume against the Bucs. That is impacting some of the passing numbers. Even the last couple of weeks, we've seen teams, maybe they're run, uh, the Eagles did run a little bit more, but more than anything, we've seen worse passing offenses than maybe a slight increase in runs too. And so we've seen mm-hmm. the passing numbers come down. The Bucs are not at the bottom of the league anymore. Week three, people are like, this is the worst passing defense in NFL history through three weeks. No, they're just being thrown at at a rate unlike anything we've ever seen before because their offense yeah. is unlike anything we've ever seen before. So that was the bigger issue to me. I don't think they're better now necessarily. I just think the passing offenses they're facing are, are worse. And the guys are, yeah, they're still playing solid like they were, I think, at the beginning of the year. Yeah, absolutely. And good point on that, because I was one of those people, I'm not going to lie, where I saw the numbers and I was like, holy crap, like, are they getting beat down the field? What's going on here? Um, But then, yeah, you just kind of have to take that minute to hone in and watch how many times they're getting passed on and, and, you know, starting off against strong offenses and then things kind of shifting week four, week five, week six. So I would have to agree with you to where I don't think they're getting better as a unit. I think it's just individual performance. I mean, if you look at some of the plays and some of the guys that these players have had to match up with they know that they have to step up they know that they have to do something better and you have to think of this too whenever a player goes down that's an opportunity for you know second third fourth whatever you know slot these guys are working out at this is their job so they're trying to secure you know a little bit more of a long-term position Mm -hmm. or you know show these coaches that they can play more than just being your last resort guy so I think it's more of a not that anyone on this team comes off as an individual mentality, but I think it's a lot of individual progression and just trying to do their best and catch up to what these starters look like than them improving as a unit, because sometimes they still just look a little like eh out there. Right. Let's tie this one into to Joel's question here. Once the secondary gets healthy, who would be the odd man out? I remember Dean would be, but how has this play helped this case? This is an interesting question, Joel. We're obviously a couple of weeks away from answering this one completely probably, but let's just mention Dean for a second in com- in uh, correlation with the question that Michael asked earlier about the secondary. I think that one thing that is helping them maybe play a little bit better as a unit is if you want to go down that path at all, is that they're playing a little bit more man coverage. And I think with Jamel Dean out there, at least that he's definitely more comfortable with that. He said that the other day to us. I asked him actually specifically because I kind of thought that maybe he was going to say yes. Um, and he did. And, and I appreciate his transparency, but um, the, the zone coverage is still kind of a work in progress for him. I think if they can do that and it's still not a huge leap and they're still a predominantly zone team, but even giving them some key reps and man coverage helps, I think right now. And so simplifying some things, maybe uh, a little bit for the group, but that's still plenty of question marks. I mean, just athletically, yeah. even right now, like they, Mike Edwards and Jordan Whitehead are not, fast or athletic enough to really be ideal last lines of defense unless they're playing you know, dropping kind of at the snap a little bit so right ask them to match up in man coverage uh from the safety position either of them and it 
it does get a little bit more dicey. So their flexibility is not there. Like yeah. maybe it would be with somebody like Winfield. So that matters too. In terms yeah. of what Joel's asking, Casey, who do you think is the odd man out? So let's say Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy, Bunting are back. Jamel Dean, Southie, Richard Sherman, Southie, Ross Cockrell, Southie. Those are your top five probably. And no disrespect to Dee Delaney or Pierre Desir as much as Coach Arians loves them both. Um, <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you think happens uh, with the secondary group, I guess, at that point in time in the season? Realistically, I mean, Cockrell's progressed, obviously, but he's still not really playing at that caliber that the Bucks are going to need to continue moving forward. So I definitely don't see him, you know, starting. Yeah. Starting. Um, and then depending on how they need to work in guys and what their coverage may be, then, yeah, I mean, the thing with Dean is like he has these sparkling moments. And then you're like, yes, I'd love to see that again. And then it's like, a week goes by, a week goes by, a week goes by. A month, a year. Yeah, and then it's like, okay. Yeah, who did great we, pick who, six against Aaron Rodgers, changed the whole game. Right. And you so wait the rest like, of the season for it, and it doesn't happen again. If he could do that bi-weekly, maybe. Mm -hmm. But yeah. it's just like, it, it It really just kind of pops, comes and goes very inconsistently. And um, the good thing for the Bucks is that they have that buy coming up, which we saw last season that there was just kind of this whole, you know, they just kind of reignited from that bye week. And right. I know everyone's kind of hoping for the same, the same spark, the same energy this year. But other than that, like as it, the season starts gearing towards that halfway point, past that halfway point and heading towards the goal of postseason, you can't rely on inconsistency. Like you need the guys who have been there and shown you that they can be, consistent now the hard part is when guys are coming back from injury you don't know how reliable they're going to be either so he may still have some time where he's going to be a go-to guy or rotated in heavily until they feel like they can trust the players that have got back and trust their bodies but yeah i think for sure cocker will be the first one out yeah it's this is hard for me casey because i think there's so many answers to this question the mm -hmm. one thing i'll say it's probably controversial i mean carlton's obviously in I think. And then to me, I, I think Richard Sherman's probably obviously out. Like I, I know that he probably wasn't signed with that in mind and it's probably going to be a couple weeks. So we got to keep all that in mind. Yeah. But you know, he's now he's not out. Uh, he's or now he's out probably for the next two games and going, he might be back after the bye. Well, at that point, Carlton might be back. And mm -hmm. if Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean are your top two corners, they've got to play. And when you go to nickel, you're not bringing Richard Sherman onto the field. Like you're no. putting Ross Carroll onto the field in those situations. And then when John Murphy Bunting's back, he's the nickel. And and I think it's your regular starting three. I do. I mean, Jamel yeah. Dean is what he is like at this point. Like, I don't know how, if it's going to stabilize or not. We're just not going to find out until he plays a lot more snaps. And we're going to get to see that yeah. this year. Like, that's no question about that. He'll play a lot of to play probably every snap if he's healthy over the next mm -hmm. two week, two games. And then maybe beyond that continually until Sean Murphy Bunting gets back. So, and We're going to find out part. a lot about him. What's that? Yeah. I said, that'll yeah. be the telling part because, right. you know, Sean Murphy Bunting, he has, he's another one. I mean, kind of in my personal opinion that just kind of, you know, he has these games where they're spectacular yeah. and then he kind of just goes quiet for the a minute. Playoffs, or, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like in those, in those very key moments where you need Sean Murphy Bunting to do the things that you saw in week three and week seven, they're not there when, when I would almost say you need the most. So that is a valid argument that, you know, you just never know who those starting positions are really going to be handed back to, because again, 
coming back from these injuries, depending on how their bodies feel, depending on how confident they can be when they hit that field. Because when OJ Howard came back, he still played scared. And like, in my opinion, he wasn't putting his body on the line. It took a couple weeks for, yeah, it took a couple weeks for him to get back. Yeah. Yeah. And then he finally found, you know, he looked really fearless this past game. And then now he's kind of weeding through that injury. So that all can be very telling once they come back, put pads on, get out there because, you know, secondary has been left on Jamal Dean's back and Ross Cockerell. Mm -hmm. So they might get more of an opportunity to keep carrying, or they might just have to go back to the guys that they know can do it more. Um, But I'm not sure. Right. No, it is. It's, it's, it's very curious because we can talk about Sean Murphy bunting and talk about Jamal Dean and the ups and the downs of both of them. And then Mm -hmm. how much Ross Cockerell is just different. Like there isn't the high points maybe, but Rarely has the guy been like bad, bad, you know, mm-hmm. and Sean Murphy bunting was bad, bad for almost all of last year. And then yes. in the quarter, what in a couple plays, whatever he played against the Cowboys, he was, he was really bad, like really mm-hmm. bad. And so, uh, you know, we just don't know. We, uh, you know, I mean, or maybe we do know and we just don't want to admit it. It's one of those two <laughs> things. So <laughs> I think the Bucks might not, they might know. The starting line is going to come back. They're yeah. going to get their chance and we're going to see right. what happens from yeah. there. You're right. It doesn't matter what we think should happen. And we're not, I'm not even sure yet. I want to see the next couple games. Yes. I want to evaluate things against, I guess, I mean, the next two passing offenses shouldn't give us much to go off of, to be honest, but because uh, they're not very good. But Ross Cockrell goes off. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I talk around forever. He's, I think he's 30 now, 31. Like, I've watched him in Pittsburgh for years. Like, I have a very, very good idea who Ross Cockrell is. And he's mm-hmm. never going to be this, like, there's no upside with Roscoe. He's not going to be like a, a great player. Jamel Dean could have, he could have a pick the next three weeks and it wouldn't surprise me. Like he yeah. could, he could give up a 50 yard touchdown the next three weeks and it wouldn't surprise me at all, at all, Casey, at all. <laughs> like, so that, that, like, I just don't think that's either of those outcomes are likely with Ross Cockrell and with Jamel Dean. Absolutely. Completely. If you told me that, I would just, okay. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> and happens. so, yeah. And, to some degree, that's true with Sean Murphy bunting, although I, I do feel like Dean has more high points than Murphy bunting. I know he's had a couple picks but um, mm-hmm. in the playoffs, but I, I do think Dean's had more of that. So it is fascinating to me how this group plays out, how the Bucks coaching staff will end up treating them if any of that continues. But when those dudes come back, it's going to be those three those three young guys starting again. I fully believe that. Sherm yeah. will be the emergency guy. Um, you know, And I don't know what's going to happen if all of them are healthy and you need the fifth corner to play special teams. If that's Sherm or not, or if it's Desir or Delaney, I, I don't know. Say, but can you even picture them doing that? Like, I feel like Making there's a veteran respect on this team. So, like, mm. do you take a guy like Richard Sherman and just kind of use him as a plug continuously, yeah, yeah. even though that's one and how they signed him? But I don't know yeah. why a part of me just feels like I don't think that they could or would do that to him, but it would make yeah. sense for them to just go back to the original lineup. But it does feel weird. I agree with you, but I don't know how he would, he's not going to play special teams at this point. So I don't know how he'd help you if he's your fifth corner on game days. Um, no. Makes me also wonder if Sean Murphy Bunting's not going to be back for till like Even maybe longer. the end of the regular season. Maybe like, maybe it's not after the bye. Maybe it's not by the bills game. Maybe it's, I don't know. I really have no idea. Like I well, said, they originally yesterday. said six weeks and you know, yeah. we're moving along here, not hearing much. So I agree. I think that it's probably going to be even longer. Yeah. And yeah, what happens with Sherman, the whole thing is going to be very interesting if that happens, because he could easily just be totally out of the picture if they stay healthy, like they did down the stretch in the playoffs yeah. last year. I mean, that was, you know, how things shook out basically. So that'd be nuts. I, I don't know how it's going to work for sure. Cause some good questions more about the secondary that we're going to get to here as well, but that's the group. I think that's just really kind of fascinating to talk about right now. Um, 
There's this is more of a on there. Right. A lot going on. Uh, and it's been that way all season. Alien says this defense is going to have his hands full with Justin Fields. He's a mobile quarterback. He'll be running for first down to wants to score a touchdown by running. Devin White needs to step up. Devin White is last year was such a hot button topic, Casey. I know. I don't know how doubted or if you ever saw like some of the stuff we'd write about Devin White. I talk about Devin White. The PFF mm-hmm. grades on Devin White were uh, abysmal. One of the worst ranked linebackers in the league. Then you had this common consensus among people who just kind of watched him in college and knew he was top five pick and see a highlight reel play every week from him. And there was one usually every week, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And he had nine and a half sacks too. So like, oh, he's a star. You know, most of these sacks are unblocked and, you know, he's, he's coming up the middle and he's, you know, and, he's, <laughs> and to give him credit, like he's finishing, he's making, he's explosive, you know, and he, he's physical tackler. And, you know, I'm not taking everything away from him, but they're easier plays than what Shaq Barrett has to do to get a sack, for example, or what yeah. Jason Beer Paul has to do to get a sack. But those numbers just took people's minds and, and just took them to the moon. And then to his credit, even though he did not play very well in the regular season, he played unbelievable in the playoffs. I've been on record saying, his game against the Saints in the playoffs is one of the best games I have ever yes. watched by a linebacker. He was – I'm not just talking about the pick or the fumble recovery. I was going to say, didn't he force like two turnovers or yeah, something? But, but in he general. was just incredible outside of that too. I mean, tackled all over the field, knew every play the Saints were running. He had just come back from the COVID list. It was, it was an incredible performance. He was great in the Super Bowl, played well mm-hmm. enough against the Packers. Um, and so it made you think – He's going to be the best linebacker in the NFL this season. I don't even say that hyperbole. Like that was literally ESPN ran a poll. He was voted the best linebacker in the NFL. They pulled 50 personnel, coaches, players, uh, scouts around the league. (laughs) And he was voted the best linebacker in the league. He's not even the best linebacker on his team. He's never (laughs) been the best linebacker on his team. It was, I mean, and Levante was like fourth in this article, I think, but it was just an incredible it was really what it was, was it was prognosis. He's going to be. Everybody knew that he wasn't in 2020, but everybody, this group at least, thought he would be he in 2021. Build. And he's got no tackles for loss. He's got no interceptions. He's got no sacks. He's got no forced fumbles. He has, uh, what is he? I don't think he has a forced fumble, I'm pretty sure. Um, he's got not, he's got no, he's just, he's, that's it. I mean, he's just got he's just tackled and he's got 15 pressures, I believe, on the season. I don't want to say he's done nothing good. He's done very little impactful. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows if you follow me, I don't care about the numbers I just said. You can be really good and have zeros in those numbers. The problem mm-hmm. is for Devin White, he's reliant on splash plays because he's never been a down-to-down, snap-to-snap impact guy. So he needs those splash plays to be able to be what he is. He's a, he's a game changer type. And we just have yeah. not seen any of it this year, Casey. And that is where it comes it's to this point. Weird. What is he? Is he is he a bust? Is he good? Is he just not as good as he should be? I don't know. I can't put my finger on it because, like you said, it was kind of like his name was a bit silent throughout the 2020 season and then postseason hits. And then all of a sudden he just kind of hits this other gear and – he was significant in significant games. So I think that's obviously why everyone was like, oh, he's going to be the best linebacker in the league this coming season because he's going to build off of what he did and showed everyone he was capable of in the postseason. I don't know if it's a focus thing. I mean, clearly it's kind of been a resounding answer that he's got all this energy. It's just not being pointed in the right direction per play, if if you will, if that's a good way to put it. Like he just kind of hits too hard in certain in certain you know directions and the, in, you can't throw your whole body into one situation 
as quick as football can can be because then yeah. it's just kind of like you're not even in on the player you're not being impactful you're not doing anything so i'm pretty shocked that he's not a lot more impactful and it also seems like the dynamic or that communication or that thrive between him and levante david that fire that spark that was there last season i'm not seeing mm -hmm. it this season i think that yeah. they fed yeah. off of each other a lot more last year and um I don't know. I just don't see it. I don't feel it during the games. And maybe that could be something that's contributing to the lack of mm -hmm. lack of impactfulness. I'm not yeah. sure. Like it feels like Levante David's out there like a lonesome workhorse. Yeah. And you know, you kind of hear Devin White's name here and there. But I, I think White has played better the past three weeks. I will say that. I think he's been fine the last three weeks. You know, at times he's been he's been good. Um, there mm -hmm. was definitely the play where he was spying uh, against Jalen Hurts that I've talked about on the show that I think he blew it on that touch, that fourth down touchdown scramble by Hurts. You may always have to live with those plays, but he's been pretty good overall. He's missed a lot less tackles. Um, the thing is that I, I I don't think he gets the same level of – I don't want to say – like I don't want people to think I'm saying his effort is poor. His effort is never going to be poor. Mm -hmm. But I think Devin White – is a joy guy. Like he thrives off the joy and when he of the game, like that's what he does. And when he is creating splash plays and getting sacks and producing in the way that he knows the top five pick should produce, yes. that's very meaningful to him. That propels him emotionally. To do more and to do yeah. better. Absolutely. I agree. Like I think he puts on this bravado and he is confident dude, but I think he's confident a lot of ways because of football. And so yes. if, he feels like he looks at the box score and the numbers aren't there that he sees. I mean, he's the guy that gets on IG and guarantees sacks every week or not every week, but I, he does it. Um, I know that. So he's thinking in terms of production, like, yeah. And um, yeah, I just, he's not getting that feedback that. Yeah. yeah. Like Levante That's could go a whole season and it, he could know he played <laughs> great and not have any numbers, you know, like and and he would be so cool. chill about it. Right. But Devin White got a lot of, credit i mean i don't know if you saw like all the interviews after the eagles games and like he was on either twitter or instagram one of the socials like talking to you know kind of trash talking the fact of like oh we can't hold a mobile quarterback or whatever even though most of us saw the shaq barrett performance but yeah. <laughs> as for the mobile quarterback with justin fields i don't think justin fields is as I don't, I don't want to say strong. That's not the right word, but I, I wouldn't put him in the same category as, as Jalen Hurts. Yeah, yeah, as elusive. Great word. I wouldn't put him in the, the same. Yeah, and yeah. you're talking about a guy who's in his first year in the NFL, whereas like Jalen Hurts is what in his third season, I believe. Uh, second season for Hurts, I think. Yeah. Second. Okay, right? but you know he's at least had that time to feel. You know he's got more games under his belt. Yeah. He's got more time to feel what that NFL speed actually is. So he has kind of put it to make it work for him. And the team is building around him to make it work that way. The bears are still trying to figure so many yeah. things out. Yeah. They so started the season with a mobile all day, but right. I don't think he's anything in comparison to Hertz. And if they do what they did against Hertz, you know, and then mm -hmm. some clean up some of those mistakes, I think that, you know, him being a mobile quarterback is not going to be an issue. Yeah. Good points. Uh, wishing B wants to know about Levante. Um, I think Levante is if I'm guessing, I'm saying he's not going to play, but I don't expect mm -hmm. him to practice him anyway, even if he does play. Like, he doesn't need it. He's the longest tenure yeah. buck. Isn't he? Long? I think he's the longest tenure buck. Like, he doesn't need all those reps. He knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. It's just going to be keep him low key, make get that swelling down as much as you can, get him back as close to 100%. And I think he will need very limited reps to be able to go. Even somebody like Gronk, in my opinion, would need more. 
reps oh, probably that week to be able to go. But Levante yeah. is going to know everything they're doing. In defense, not quite as much probably in the game plan to handle as, as offense, in my opinion. So Totally um, agree. And they said that the swelling has been very maintained. Yeah. I've most um, between coach and everybody else, they've said mm-hmm. that Levante is looking good. Right. So. Yeah. Marion seemed hopeful yesterday when we asked him about Levante. Um, mm-hmm. The bottom line may come down to okay, what if he if he has any chance of making it worse? Then I just don't think you do it. Like it's not worth it. <laughs> it's keep not- the Saints game. Saints game. That's, Please. Yeah. The last gotta- what would make any Bucks fan so angry is to put guys out there for the Bears, then yeah. have these like you know ridiculous practices all week, be mm-hmm. feeling half you know half terrible, half good, and then go mm-hmm. into a Saints game where it's like you know the Saints still have an ability to make things happen. And yeah. then lose to the Saints because everybody's broken down and worn down. Like that would right. make sense. It's true. You're right. Yeah. One team is definitely great. more dangerous than the other, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Harvinder, what do you make of all the injuries across all teams? Does it seem more than normal? It feels as if every day someone else goes down. No, I just think this is what happens every year, Harvinder. Like every every year, people say that same thing. We get that quite every year about the Bucks or about mm-hmm. other teams. No, it's just the way that it is. I mean, that's just the way the game goes. You know, yeah. they're probably a little more cautious with players now than they used to be. They've got more sports science and data available to them. Like, oh, they actually, if they get this many more days of rest on average, that'll, you know, be this much less likely to re-injure, this much likely less likely to be affected by it. And teams are probably deeper than they used to be too. There's more talent um, across the league. And so that probably helps teams feel more comfortable resting people. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's my I would say that I feel like I have this, like, I agree because I feel this way every year. <laughs> it hits like week four, week five, and I'm like, every player is going down. Like, the whole league is out. But I think it's just always the top of the season. Injuries are going to happen. No matter what these guys do in the offseason, they're, they're doing something completely different in the same sense where they're not in the same routine. They're not in the same structure. They're probably putting, you know, different things in their body that can wear down their muscle mass. So jumping back into training camp and a season, you're really pushing your body to the limits. So I think, you know, week one through week five, we just see a bunch of injuries every single year. Right. That's where it gets tricky is managing all those, especially some of the ones that are like, Oh, you could, play but mm-hmm. are you going to be at your best when you do and when do we bring you back and are you just going to have to play through things all year and how much can we sit you and you know there's a lot of more gray area with injuries i think than most people realize but no i don't think it's i don't i don't think it's worse i haven't seen anything that would indicate it's worse uh, either uh just me poo shimmy good question that we'll get to in a second here but first casey i gotta mention this so I don't know if people know, but over at Underdog Fantasy, there is an awesome <laughs> deal going on right now. The Pick'em Games over on Underdog Fantasy. On Underdog, you can select over or under on player stat lines. Get a pick two correct, and you can triple your money. Get a Which, by the way, your boy did last night. I just like to point that out. Your boy did. 12 no, that's March. me about last week. But... Oh, oh, no. Oh, no, Casey. <laughs> Get a pick five correct and you win 20 times the amount of money you enter with. It's simple. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up with the code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, and build a pick them in seconds. They're going to give you a free $10 when you sign up and make your first deposit. So download the Underdog Fantasy app. Sign up with the code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Get your free $10 today. I got, this is my story last night. I had, I did a pick two on the NBA games last night. I had 
Uh, what was the first? I had Zach Levine for the Bulls over 24 and a half points. Boom, hit it in the third quarter. Feeling great. Then I just needed Mikael Bridges to hit two threes for the Suns. That's it. So I'm up at like a midnight, past midnight. I got to get up and work out in the morning. And I'm, I mean, early, like 530, 540. And so I'm like, I'm not actually going to sleep because I need to see if Bridges hits these threes. The Suns are getting beat late in the game. I'm like, all right, it's over. I, sh- I turned my phone, like put my phone down that I couldn't fall asleep. So I looked. Bridges hit a three with 48 seconds left. He had his second three of the game. Boom. Talk about luck. Like, I, look, it I adds some my, fun to this, you know? I put, I got a, I guess last week I told you and Scott, like, I didn't want to make too many different little bets, yeah. but that's probably what I should have done because I put everything on one situation and then it just started going south and south and south. And then I just had to pretend like the app didn't exist. But I'm going to, I'm going to be more adventurous this weekend. Yeah. There you go. Okay. That's there you go. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm on a roll right now. So I'm going to, yeah. Sunday, I'll get on here and I'll be like, play underdog fantasy. Like, <laughs> your boy's down big. <laughs> It'll be that kind of a reaction. Still give it a chance. Chris says he made $50, five pick em, slip, and won a thousand. Whoa. Okay, Chris. Whoa. Help me, Chris. Doing big. Yeah. Help. Yeah. Help Casey, Chris. Let me know. Your Actually, I might need to. See, I'm always af- I'm afraid to go five. I'm I'm very new to betting. This is like That's my second week ever. <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> so I'm doing like two pick two. I did a pick three. I think I I hit a pick three the other day. Um, but then I hit a pick three. I tried the NFL is harder than NBA. I think so far. We'll see. Maybe I'll change my mind. But yeah, I'm already looking at Sunday's first game. First quarter, I'm over here like heck yeah, uh, Chris Godwin go off and then yeah, like down. Like, five hey, and a half catches. Where's he going? Right. Why is he coming off the field? What, uh, hey, Tyler Johnson, what are you doing out there? I was so mad. That's why I don't bet because I started taking things very personal and that just conflicts with work. <laughs> right. Me too. Everyone's now talking that, about Tyler Johnson this week and I'm like, yeah, let's not talk about this guy. Right. He's trash. No, and now no. that I've won a few times, the, you know, the level of expectation goes up. Hey, babe, I won, I won, you know, 12 bucks. I won 15 bucks. I won. Oh, you better play again. Keep winning. You know, it's like, okay. <laughs> you don't want to drop the ball, you know? So, no. but it's fun. It adds an element we'll to down. all of this. That, that's fun. So, uh, yeah, check it out for sure. Underdog fantasy. It's good stuff. Um, Harvinder says, at what point will Arians bite the bullet and make AB the number one over Evans? Arians doesn't make any receiver the number one receiver. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> depends on how the game goes. Evans has been highly productive in, what, four of the six games this year. Yes. That's going to continue. AB is going to be productive in games. Chris Godwin's going to be productive in games. It, it does not matter who this <laughs> mythical number one is. And he's never going to bench Evans for AB to play more. It is never going to happen. You can argue about whether it should or not. I don't think that it even should. I mean, Evans is still a stud. You're, you're the yeah. managing AB snaps that he's older. Just, it is what it is. I mean, I, I would play AB more, but I would just play with three wide receivers more. I wouldn't play with Evans less, if that makes sense. And let's think about it this way. No coach is going to take away an opportunity for one of his top wide receivers to not, I don't know, hit his eighth 1,000 yard season. Yeah. So the only time that, I mean, I've seen a couple, a fair share of like not great games by Mike Evans, but most of the time mm-hmm. it's just because they cue in on him. I mean, he has to put up with a lot of defensive strategy when it comes to going into games. So it's all about who you play. Right. AB it is. Number one. <laughs> right. But it's not going to, ha- Evans is not going to start sitting reps. You know, it's just not going to happen. No. They're managing. They feel like Kevin Garver had a good interview this week. I think it was on 
it was a Bucks total access or something. And he was saying the wide receivers coach for the Bucks, and mm-hmm. he was saying that AB is thirty three, and so we need to manage you know how much how many snaps he gets, and that's part of it too. Do I think he yeah. could play you know sixty percent of the snaps? Yeah, I think he could sixty five. Yeah, but exactly. obviously he's been banged up a few times since he's been in Tampa Bay, and he's banged up now, and so maybe they're doing the best thing for him. I don't know, um, but. Good thing the Bucks are deep at that position, and yes. if Tyler Johnson has to play against the Bears, I'm I'm very excited to see him if he has to play. Uh, it'll and be we're just waiting on Scotty Miller's return. So <laughs> that's, that's that's really what we're doing. Let's be honest. That's, that's <laughs> Tony Toe Time only has so much time left, though. Whatever his nickname is, Tiptoe Tony. Tony 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 Toe Taps, or I don't know. Tiptoe Tony Toe Taps. Yeah. Oh, man. If you want to hear us get into more of these really awkward, weird nicknames, make sure you watch <laughs> us over on Spotify Green Room. We appreciate all the people who are subbed over there and watching uh, the Peter Report uh, shows when they are on over at Spotify Green Room. Uh, but yeah, definitely want to uh, make sure you know about that app because you can talk music, sports, and culture live. You can download it on the App Store, sign up for the Google Play, or uh, add it with the Google Play, and then follow Pewter Report on Spotify Greenroom, and you get notified when we go live on all those platforms. And you can jump in and you can take the mic and give your thoughts and opinions about the box or whatever it is that the topic is. JC gets on some pretty wild topics at times. So <laughs> you can jump in and be a part of that over at uh spotify green room uh, excited about that for y'all all right casey what else do we have to talk let's see if there's any more questions in here if you have any more questions let them fly now because we are going to wrap up the show in the next couple minutes while there was one are... about the run game oh yes one about the run game i want to get to that in a second i'll scroll back up and find it long lost glazer says john why haven't you gone any games this year rather practice your color commentary play-by-play on the live stream you know, this is – I'm glad you asked about this, Long Lost Glazer. This is a little bit tricky, Casey, because we are doing these live streams, right, where Paul mm-hmm. and I are on or, or I'm on with a guest during these live streams this year, and they have been tremendous for us, obviously. They've brought yes. in a lot of viewers. They've brought – they've elevated our numbers. They've elevated our subscriber counts. That stuff really matters to us because we are really – especially when the offseason comes, we want to keep producing really quality content and really mm-hmm. unique content on YouTube for viewers. So we are trying to – elevate those numbers to justify putting more hours into our YouTube channel and into our shows that we're doing. We're, you know, I say shows plural because we plan on it being more than just this podcast and, and more yeah. than just the game day live streams um, because of our, some, some of it being our skill sets, especially you and Matt being like really good being at the games at the home games. Um, you know, th- that's been a big part of it. You guys are also closer, so it's right there for you. You're going to be there anyway, probably at those games. So because of that, it's just kind of been the best role for me to step into this season is to be in that role and hosting these live streams. Um, and I've really enjoyed it. I think it's been a lot of fun. There have been a few times where I've been like, man, it'd be great to be out at these games, you know, especially the away games. You know, I've not seen a lot of stadiums yeah. around the league as long as I've covered the league. The league. Um, so I do – maybe that will happen someday. Maybe there will be a time for that when COVID is – no longer a thing and we can get in locker rooms and we can justify going to away games. And, you know, Mm -hmm. that's something that we want to spend budget on and things like that again. But right now we just don't, there's no reason for us to do that. We don't have open locker room. We don't have access to players like we used to. Um, We've got to change with the times and adapt with the times and what we're doing at Peter report. That has been critical for us. There's what we can sit around and shake our fist at no open locker rooms and no player access like we used to have. And we can be mad for the last two years or we can, change and see other ways that we can bring you all great content and and that's what we're trying to do and that's the role that i've kind of been able to step into and it's 
it's gone really well. And so, yeah, I do miss going to some of the games on Lost Glazer. It is fun sometimes, especially Bucks press box food. But I don't know, Casey, you and Matt have, have locked it down and been great at the stadium and gotten we us completely it. covered up there. It's been awesome. I think the team has covered game days really well, even if everybody kind of is like, man, I'd like to try this person's job. And we'll probably do that at some point, too. Switch things up. Me color yeah. commentating. You guys. Sure. <laughs> hey, you're you're getting there. You're, it won't be long before you jump into Paul Atwell's rule and start calling out I will. the plays. And, <laughs> Paul, I'm coming for it'll you. It'll be fun. Listen, he, he amazes me, man. I'm like, man, he's. Yeah, he amazes me for sure. But, so informative. Uh, he makes me yeah. feel like I've never studied a day in my life sometimes. And I promise, oh, yeah. like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, you know, you guys are at a 10, 12 with the research nerd level. I'm at like a 10 and a half. <laughs> Paul so, and I are off the charts weird. Like there's, it's yeah. okay. You could say it. We know. There you we go. Know. You and Paul are just like there. And yeah. I'm like, did I study enough this week? Did I do enough research? Did I Google enough? But I love it. It's been the best challenge. And I, I, I agree. I think that people will really love you guys as in-game commentating. I get so many comments about it. Um, even kind of stemming off of that really quickly because I didn't want to forget mm-hmm. I ran into a couple of Pewter Report fans at Buddy Brew. Um, they nice. just came up to me and said how much they love the podcast, love the show, love the knowledge that you guys give, along with just so much personality. So, awesome. yeah, it's been great. So, shout yeah. out to you guys at Buddy Brew, the regs over there. Yeah, no, that's for, and I don't want to pander too much, but I do. My experience has been since coming over to Pewter Report almost two years ago that I just, I'm blown away by the fan base. I'm blown away by the loyalty, how many mm-hmm. people read everything we do and watch every show. And, I just want to give as much content as we possibly can. Like I know as a fan, like I can't get enough if I'm a fan of the Phoenix suns and I <laughs> want to read every article and listen to every pod about them. And so it's if everything. we can give you yeah, something every day of the week, you know, where you're excited about that's, that's what we want to do for sure. Chris, some good yeah. tips here, by the way, on underdog fantasy, Chris, we appreciate Thanks. that. Letting the people know uh, what it's about. <laughs> um, pockets. Right. Horace says late to the podcast. Do you think that standards of what make an NFL defense good do you, do you think that standards of what makes an NFL defense good or decent? I'm not sure what the rest of this question was supposed to be, Horace, but I think I know what you're getting at. Mm-hmm. Does it like matter if your defense is great in the NFL or does it just need to be good enough to win because offense is so much more important and so much more sustainable in today's league? I think that's a tough question that obviously it always helps if your defense is great and your offense like the Bills right now, but you don't need a top three, five defense, I think, to win it all in the NFL. Not if you have a really strong offense, because realistically what it comes down to is depending on who you're matching up against, it's two strong offenses just going off and whoever has the most points at the end. I think we're having a strong or one of the better defenses does come in is that it obviously doesn't overtax your offense. So, you know, you're not constantly putting in a position to have to be on the field to put up so many points and not to be out there so many minutes every single game, which can end up wearing out a team before they even hit certain mile markers of the season. So. Having a great defense minimizes the wear and tear on your offense and vice versa. I mean, I will never forget the Bucks. you know, two years ago, three years ago, where the defense was doing incredibly well and the offense just couldn't score. And it was just the defense was constantly on the field, constantly on the field. I remember last year getting into pressers and asking that question, um, I think, to Todd Bowles. And he's like, well, that's where we want to be. And then the next couple of games, the defense was on the field too much and injuries started occurring. And then people started looking gassed out. And then it's kind of like it's not realistic. So the more you can balance that, then yeah, you want to have a better defense to kind of create that balance. Yeah. I mean, even just look at the best teams in the league, right? Just as an example, 
you know, right now the Bills obviously have both, right? I mean, there's mm-hmm. no question that defense, even though it faltered a little bit last time against Tennessee. And that's the <laughs> other thing. When great offense plays great defense, most of the time, the studies have shown us over the last few years, great offenses tend to win those interactions a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So you have that, you have the Ravens, you know, obviously I think both of their units are, are starting, their defense is starting to come along and play at a higher level uh, of late. Um, you know, you have a team like the Chiefs who have a horrible defense. The Chargers defense still leaving a lot to be desired. We'll see if they can get it together. I think it's a unit with a lot of potential, uh, but right now still leaving you know a lot to be desired. And then I would also say the Cowboys. Yeah, the Cowboys don't have a great defense. The Bucs don't have a great defense. Yeah, the Rams defense hasn't been great this year. The Packers defense has been horrible at some points this year. You know, the Cardinals are have both right now, but I, I don't know. We'll see how long that defense lasts. I you know, I mean, they're doing great so far, but they've probably got the least talent out of all those teams I just said on defense. So, yep. yeah, it's I mean, Seattle, great offense, bad defense, and obviously Wilson's hurt now, so it might not matter. But um, there's a lot of situations where you look at the best nine, ten teams in the NFL, and yeah, a couple of them have really good defenses, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on those defenses against any of the offenses that are in that top nine or ten. And I yeah. think that's kind of gets down to the answer to the question there. Uh, Michael says comments on the cornerbacks just signed. I think he's talking about Bleedy Ray Wilson, probably. Yeah. Signed. Not much to say about him. He's 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 been a guy that's stuck around his whole career. He can play special teams, and that's the big part. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's has experience out there defensively. He had three picks last year. Actually, it wasn't wasn't great, but he had three picks out there last year. Um, he uh, he is a big corner. He's smart. He's kind of exactly what the prototype they always go for: a veteran, special teams experience. Like I said, all four phases. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, I doubt he plays much, but I think he's just in an emergency situation. If you know Davis and Sherm and all those guys aren't back after the after the bye, maybe you know he sees the field. We'll, we'll see, but I wouldn't anticipate a, a big role. Uh, when's Scotty coming back? Lamisha wants to know. I know. Great question. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen until the playoffs, maybe. Yeah, we haven't – there's been no conversation on, on Scotty. And for yeah. him to go down to IR, that's usually more of a post – postseason call so yeah not a i know a our top wide receiver won't be back for a while right and remember justin watson is on there too i know people forgot he existed i think yes he's, yeah he's out there hurt too so J-Lock. we'll see if he comes back maybe both those guys are back in time for the playoffs and i don't know what what if any role watson will have this year will depend on where health Watt was actually doing really well on special teams yeah, I yeah. Think he had a couple big tackles or was like almost leading right. in tackles on special teams at one point last season so yeah Brian says you can live stream from the game, John, can't you? <laughs> I don't think I could. I don't think they'd appreciate my play-by-play in the press box with everyone <laughs> else sitting around me. They switched the guy's voice who talks overall, so maybe just take his job there you go. and then stream on computer and then let the whole press box know what's going on. Good good point. Uh, Charlie says, given the contributions he's already made and the effect of his absence so far, how much would you pay Carlton Davis this offseason to keep him in Tampa Bay? Thanks. That's a nice question. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of top contracts. Let me look at top contracts. Cornerback yeah. contracts. The issue with the money stuff coming up with some of the players is that they're going to need to spend some money on defense this draft. Um, yeah, yeah. They're going to have to bring in some guys that are going to have that Antoine Winfield mentality and be able to show up their rookie year because they need size, they need speed immediately in their secondary i would guess that they'll try to offer him somewhere around 15 to 16 million per year now if he misses like the whole season 
it might be a different story. It might be a different situation. If he's back and after the buy and he plays well, closing it out. And then the interest is back up on the market. I would say you're still looking at right now. Ramsey's highest paid at 20 Marlon Humphrey, 19 and a half Lattimore, 19, four. I don't think he's in that range. Mm -hmm. Trey white 17, you know, I think Slay, the Darius Slay, the Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Darius Slay range, James Bradbury range, you know, somewhere in 14 and a half to 16 and a half, he might be in that conversation. And if they can't reach a long-term deal, they're going to tag Carlton Davis, like in trying to reach a long-term deal with Chris Godwin. You know, that's, yeah, that's what I think is going to happen. Um, and I think both those guys will be back for what it's worth, which isn't much at this point, but that's what I think. <laughs> Hopefully um, actually back on the field dressed. Yeah. And that gets into Chiltwell's question here. And this will be the last one we take probably here uh, is what players are guaranteed to be re-signed besides the obvious. I don't know who he's thinking is the obvious here. Uh, who's yeah. the obvious? I mean, because I, I, like I said, I think Godwin and, and uh, Carlton Davis will both be back when some, whether it's on a tag or whatever. Um, and then I would also say, I think somebody like Will Golson will be back. Um, I, I don't know about Ryan Jensen. I don't know about Alex Kappa. I don't, I mean, I, I would say Kappa is probably not going to be back just in terms of size. I know they, they'd love to get Jensen back. I'm sure, you know, can they do it? Is Jensen going to be like, Oh, I'm 30 and I want to be paid one more time. Big I yeah. want a four year contract. I'm going to ride this thing out and try and get a four year deal. You know that pays me pretty. I was going to say some of the guys restructured their contracts, so that's going to kind of play into it. Because are they looking to make that money back, mm. um, or you know, is that going to send them to another team where they can get that money back and then some? Yeah. So. Yeah, those are. I mean, I'm trying to think now. Um, Jason Pierre-Paul is an interesting one. I know they love him, but he would have to take less money. He would have to take a one-year deal, probably. His health has been an issue. He has been through a million things as a player. There's going to be a decline. You have a first-round pick waiting to play. You can't mm-hmm. break the bank to bring JPP back. If he wants to finish his career in Tampa Bay, he's going to have to take the cut. Um, Will Golston, kind of the same thing, but he's making less money, so it's less of a, less of a big deal for yeah, him. Yeah, it's not as big of a jump. Yeah. I think Gronkowski will be back. I don't know what Antonio Brown's going to do because he's obviously really good, but he's also 34 years old as a wide receiver. There's just not a huge market Or Leonard Fournette. Yeah. He was almost out the door right. last season, you know, right. or last off season talking to a few other teams and then said that Tom mm-hmm. convinced him to come back. But it's just mm-hmm. like, okay, say these guys don't go to Super Bowl. I think that's going to be a whole different discussion for who's going to, you know, negotiate yeah. at what level as well. Right. It is. And I would say Rojo is almost certainly gone. Um, you know, I would think Kappa is, I would think Jordan Whitehead wants to you know, be a full-time starter, be paid like one somewhere. And maybe he's gone because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if the Bucks are willing to sink money in there. Um, you know, those guys are probably out the door would be my guess. And then, yeah, I don't know about OJ Howard either. It could be a cheap one-year deal for OJ Howard. He could just be looking for a prove it in a good situation with Brady to finish out, finish things out and maybe Gronk retires. And then in which case they're probably definitely going to try and keep OJ. And um, I, think I don't they know. Tight yeah. end. They have to do new with the tight ends. <laughs> Except Gronk. I mean, if Gronk can come back, Gronk, obviously. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, Cameron Bray had better seasons, you know, three, yeah. two, two, three years ago. Um, but as for O.J. Howard, I know that they thought that he was going to kind of materialize into this whole other tight end, and he's just kind of not hitting it. So, you know, right. how much more money do you pour into a situation like that? Probably not too much more. Right, for sure. Uh, Robert says – 
Yeah, that was a good question. We could spend a whole show on that, and we probably will during the bye week, um, by the way, for anybody wondering. Um, Robert Farmer jumps in with a $5 super chat. I don't mean to jump ahead, but is it safe to say we should be going cornerback in the first round next year? Thank you so much for the $5 super chat, uh, mm-hmm. Robert. I don't know what's safe to say yet. I'm, I'm a little too far out for that. It's definitely on my radar, though, yeah. But more than anything, it would be back. awesome to get a vet corner. <laughs> it would be uh, awesome to just get a vet corner that could play. like Yeah, for, <laughs> whose joints are all Without attacked. breaking the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, because, um, there's going to be yeah. a decent yeah. amount of was, things that they have to do for this draft. So, yeah, that's definitely going to be an exciting conversation down the line because, again, you have to think about how much longer Leonard Fournette has here. You have to think about the fact that Rojo hasn't really showed up. Um, you know, Bernard only has so much more oh, time. Oh, you're thinking well. running back. You're talking running back. I've been begging oh. a big back, a big running back, a solid guy. We're going to have three drafts now. <laughs> and then nothing, nothing. They just let him go off the board. And I'm like, okay, next round. Yeah. And then you know, nothing against Keyshawn Vaughn, but again, just, you know, his body type, his build, what he's capable of, what kind of running back he is. I don't mm-hmm. think it's for the Bucks running game. So yeah. we'll see what happens. I have no clue. You know, Aaron's has rarely heavily prioritized that position. And I, and I think that's wise yeah. probably given the way their offense is built, especially, but um, yeah, it could be something that's on the radar. We'll see what this back, this class of backs looks like. The corner class is supposed to be good. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if I'm, yeah, I'm not against it for sure. If depending on who's on the board, but you're going to have three young guys still on the team as long as Carl yeah. Davis is back. So, you know, you're, those guys are still probably going to play, especially considering they probably won't work themselves out of the job too much this year, but Absolutely. competition for them. Yeah. That'd be great to get competition Fire. for those guys. <laughs> Wouldn't mind that at all, but we'll see. We have a lot to learn about this corner group still. I know we thought we'd know more at this point, but what a ride it has been with, with a couple of these guys. So, so many it's been really balls. good. That's right. Um, I got a, speaking of great rides to be on, check out all the stuff that's going on at Living Golf Life. I mean, they got some unbelievable, they got new stuff coming out. So you can go to livinggolflife.com and you can check out some of the, the some of the uh, awesome uh, materials that they've kind of produced lately. But these polos are comfortable. They've got hats, they've got koozies, they've got glasses, they got all kinds of stuff over at Living Golf Life. So go check them out. I'm wearing one, I'm rocking one of the hats right now. I love their stuff. And so uh, make sure you go over, check out their stuff, livinggolflife.com. Follow them on Instagram at livinggolflife. Give them a couple follows, give them some shout outs. Great guys with a great dream uh, and a great business here that they are starting out. I think the aesthetic is really top notch uh, that they've got going on. And I'm excited for some of the new products they've got dropping as well. So great gifts because the holidays are coming up, believe it or not, that is happening. I know it's crazy to think we're already there, but yeah, get ready for that stuff too. Casey, before the light from my window completely overtakes me on this show, uh, we are excited about Peter game day on uh, Sunday because uh, we are going to have um, yes. Peter pregame as we always do. That'll be at 3.30 and myself and, well, I don't even know who's going to be on Peter pregame. Probably everybody. <laughs> a good a good ensemble. Well, you and Matt will be at the Probably stadium. everyone so. in. Yeah, yeah. We'll have JC, myself, I'm sure Scott will be in there. It'll we'll be a good be time. Post-game. That's right. You guys will be on post game. So we'll do the pregame show from 3.30 to 4.25. 4.25, Paul Atwell and I will take you through the game on the Pewter Report live stream. That's going to be fun. X's and O's, player breakdowns, all of it. As the game happens, we'll watch it with you and we'll break everything down as it happens. Thrilled okay. about that uh, for Bucks Pit Sunny. Then after the game ends, of the Pewter post game show as well. Uh, with every all the Peter reporters cycling through there, giving out our game balls, talking about the game, breaking everything down, talking about where the Bucks are heading into that big 
week eight matchup against the Saints that everybody has circled on their calendars, I know. So um, <laughs> that's going to be Sunday. Hope you spend it with us over at Pewter Report. We're excited about that. We're appreciated. Love all y'all that jumped in here on the show with us yeah, today for this Q&A. Been a lot of fun. And uh, we'll catch you guys again next time on the Pewter Report podcast. Bye, guys. Out. Oh, out. <laughs>